DJ Got Game, and this is my new track. Welcome back to another exciting episode of It's Actually Good, a podcast about 10 teams, one ring, which I am not going to win, and some extremely powerful brains. I'm your host, Alex Goldberg, alongside my esteemed colleague, wife guy Will, and our engineer and co-host, Nick, a.k.a. Neck Moron. And uh, I'm going to ask you fellas how we're doing as a natural transition into our first segment. You know it, you love it. It's life around the league. More like wifeless guy. Wow. (laughs) Great segue. Uh, Will, what's going on in your life around the league? I I have not gotten divorced, as you might infer (laughs) from that. This is not. This is, Nick is being unkind to me in a time of as great, the British say, touch wood. In a, in a time of great emotional distress, Nick is taking advantage of it to mine it for content in a way yeah, that but, I don't necessarily appreciate. Yeah, I know well, you have goose flesh, but I'm touching wood. Uh, for for the listeners, you can't see this, but Will is actually huddled in a basement, British now. E- eating beans out of a tin can with a spoon. <laughs> I'm uh, in all SMF uh, eating beans. <laughs> Yeah, everybody look up that tweet and see what he's alighting from it. Um, okay, well, now I'm cutting it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I've had a, it's been a week for me. If anybody can't, uh, I've, I've realized, uh, so Ari, my beautiful wife, member of this league, playoff member of this league, congrats to her. Outstanding. Uh, is attending a, uh, a science conference in a place that is not here, which is. Oh, no which necessitates me to live and function as an adult without her. And now, and now um, I hear Sarah laughing in the background, hopefully not at the concept of me um, of this happening to me. Nick, can you weigh in? Yeah, I think she just can't hear what you're saying, but she does hear the bleeding raw emotion mm. cutting through. And I think she might have been cackling at that. I'm not sure. A lot really? Of, I don't that's, know. Um, that's good. Um, no, no. I appreciate no, no, no. that. I'm yanking your chain. Oh, good. Uh, I'm well, uh, what's the I'm uh, best take the apples in pairs on that one. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds. I think that's right. That Nick, sounds like a British wait, saying. Oh, hold on, it's a Nick, Britishism. You wouldn't understand. Nick, what is this character that you're I mean, trying to do? No, I let, no. Don't address it. Don't address it. Let him. Let him play it out. Um. Yeah, I'm pretty. Um. I'm. I'm fairly gutted at the moment, uh, as Nick would say. Just kind of going to my job and coming home and attempting to find meaning in life without my romantic partner. This is all a joke, by the way, just so you guys know, I don't actually feel this way. I'm a normal, well-adjusted adult um, and everything is fine. And you're upright and by no means 95% of your body is not concealed by a fleece blanket right now. It's look. Hey, yes, that's you know, correct. And you know, it's actually good. But the thing is, it's actually good. <laughs> yeah. Even if it were, that would be good. Even if I were, lying in what could feasibly be considered the fetal position in Some my would bed. say prone yes yeah at least the recovery position if not the fetal position with a blanket hiked almost over my eyes um and this were visible to anyone that was on this call you could still you would still say it's actually good exactly. because that's the body language of someone that is strong and getting stronger <laughs> that's correct uh, yeah. um yeah. I've used a Swiffer. 
That's been my that's been my big victory. Well done. Oh, those I Swiffer have... ads are so emotional too. Mm. The yeah, elderly really. couples that like dust together. Those who dust together stay together. Swiffer. Is this another one of your British things, or is this a real? Yeah. Thing? Perhaps this is only a British campaign that I get over here in Leeds. Holy fuck. I can't, <laughs> I can't believe that this podcast has done this to your brain. Uh, anyway, speaking of your brain, Nick, what's going on in your life around the league? Thanks, buddy. Well, I um, wanted to take advantage of, you know, if you've ever seen a holiday movie, uh, many of them are set in New York City. So... There's a lot, certain mystique uh, that you can take advantage of when you're here. So I and my lovely girlfriend, Sarah, visited the Brooklyn Botanic Gardens for a light show, which they put on every year. They start advertising it in July. They say, get your tickets in now. But, you know, it wasn't actually too hard to get them. They just really want to make sure that people come. And it was super, super cool. I would highly recommend it to anybody who comes to the city in December now or in the future. And that same night, we hit up this vegan Ethiopian spot, which is called Raz. It's in Crown Heights. And one thing that they did that I love is they just have, they have two menus, right? So one is, it's all veg because it's a vegan spot. But one side is sort of mild preparation. And the other one is more robust and spicy preparations. And you can get both and you can share them. Get them a la carte. But the thing that you do is you get a very modestly priced platter and you get to try all the food that they serve and they knock every dish out of the park. They're just like, do you want the food? And then you say yes. And they say great. And they give you banging versions of every single thing along with really good drinks. And that's just like my ideal restaurant experience. So that happened. Highly recommend that whole evening to anybody who comes through New York in the wintertime. Why the wintertime specifically? Well, because the Botanic Garden Light Show is a holiday light show. Oh, well, yeah. Sorry. That's that's that sounds great. I, yeah. I I had to take a brief, brief step away because I got a call from my health insurance provider okay. uh, and I missed it, which which must be something good. It's never yeah. it's it. They never call you for any bad reason. It's only good reasons. Right. You've won additional coverage. Yes, <laughs> we got it. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, actually, actually, I think that's Joe Biden himself calling you mm-hmm. to say that your coverage has been expanded for all of the things he promised mm-hmm. us. Yes. Um, he calls thanks, one American per day. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> Nick, Nick, before we move on, um, I do have to ask, you know, you're coming across visually with a very distinctive look right now. Uh, you're channeling a kind of villainous aura. Could you just kind of go into what's happening here? Why you're, for example, doing these weird pseudo English but not really catchphrases and wearing dark clothing and just generally seem to be a more menacing presence. Yeah, uh, I would be chuffed to explain that. Thanks so much for bringing it up. I am wearing a charcoal sweater and black jeans. Underneath it, I have a black crew neck t-shirt and I now own five black crew neck t-shirts and I'm pretty much only wearing those types of things now. And it's going really well so far, but I think you're right that it has changed me in a, in, in a, in a deep emotional way. So where are you uh, getting the Britain side of it from? Oh, that's a, that's a really good question. So you may not know this. So I was raised by American parents on a military base in Leeds. So in the home, we spoke American English with, you know, more of an Ohio inflection, but then 
outside the base, I had to adopt the lexicon of the locals. So that's why I'm chuffed. It's why I take the apples and pears when I want to go upstairs. It's why um, I go to the loo. Uh, there's a, a whole host of other uh, things that I might do as a result of that origin story. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, that's now sort of um, coming more to the fore, that, that life experience as a result of um, me dressing up in charcoal sweaters, black t-shirts and black jeans, 5'11", slim straight. And it's really um, wait. So what, working what, out, I think. What really branch well. were you, what branch were your family involved in? Uh, the the so it's pretty niche, right? Yes. Right, moving classic, on. Classic moving niche on. military branch, of course. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, moving on. Well, you know, it is a good segue. The Andrew to... Protection League, perhaps. Oh, God. Um, it is, it is a good segue, Nick, uh, your transition into dark Nick. Um, it's, it's really a good yes, segue. I'm, in, I'm dark Nick now. Yeah. It, it's a good segue into uh, my life around the league because I just, before this call started, finished completing the great Spider-Man odyssey that my girlfriend and I started in which we watched every live action Spider-Man movie prior to seeing the one that just came out in theaters, which we will see uh, fairly soon. But we just finished it up with Spider-Man 3, classic, you know, Tobey Maguire really at the peak of his powers. His character transition in that film really kind of resembles a lot of what I think is going on here with you, Nick, where uh, he starts wearing dark clothing. He obviously gets a black Spider-Man suit. And uh, in general, he kind of, he morphs from uh, the kind of nebbish everyman Peter Parker that we've seen in the first two films into um, what I can only characterize as like a Broadway musical villain, I guess is the best way of describing it. Uh, good. Yeah, it's, it is actually good. Um, it's extremely funny. I don't remember liking this movie when I saw it as much as I liked what, what I just watched. It's really weird and not well executed for the entire film, but it's certainly memorable. Some might say any of the film. But it's certainly memorable and very funny. So th that happened. Uh, we've completed the Odyssey. I've unveiled my official rankings. Uh, obviously, Spider-Man 2, the classic, is at the top. It's the best one in the live-action Spider-Man universe. It's not even close. But yeah, uh, I, I think it's appropriate, given that Nick is kind of undergoing an Act 2 Spider-Man 3 transition in his own life. Uh, Nick, have you been pointing and snapping at random women on the street uh, and combing your hair in front of your face by any chance? <laughs> um, in New York City? By the That's way, just, what just you so you, do, baby. Just so you know, when they when you point at them, they like react very positively. So Toby's being really arch as this Broadway villain guy. Yes, it's really intense. Like he he really lays it on thick. There's like an entire number where he like it, it's literally a number. He like goes into a jazz club to humiliate 
I'm, I'm not going to get too into the plot. It's really dumb. But he, there's like a montage where he like does a like very elaborate choreographed dance routine that is clearly meant to be like an evil choreographed dance routine. <laughs> <laughs> it's really something. Like I would they're, highly recommend. They're very watching. vindictive moves. <laughs> I'm going to have to look this up on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, have you not seen it? It's wild. <laughs> it's really... I don't think I ever saw three. All right. Yeah, three. Yeah, that's that should be remedied. The thing is, you do have to watch three. Like it, regardless of whether you like it or not, it's pretty important to uh, to give context to what the franchise means and is. You do have to watch it. The failure Which... of Spider Man three, artistically and commercially, um, is perhaps what led to the producer. You know, the the heavy handed producer based cinematic universes that we see now from marvel specifically because sam raimi was an auteur and, and he had f- fairly free reign on that one and he you know uh perhaps did not make the best use of it there but he anyway has, he had sort of free fantasy reign. football podcast i believe yeah that's true we should talk about that um the other big news that we should talk about is that of course i have now moved into a different role uh on the it's actually good podcast and of course speaking about my summary elimination from uh being being a contending team this league of course it happened a few episodes ago but didn't really put the nail in the coffin at the time but here we are folks uh, i am out of the playoffs and potentially going to have like maybe the worst record in the league when all is said and done it's entirely possible go. Um, yeah man you know cormac mccarthy being out for the year was really tough for you yep um and uh and i think that it's it all kind of went downhill from there. You know, when you lose the very first pick in the draft, you're going to have problems. It's true. Um, and, to, and then to add to that, Russell Wilson's finger exploding around week four certainly didn't help. And then subsequently him coming back and being bad. Uh, Russ, and DK Metcalf disappearing. Yeah. Russ seems like he doesn't want to be a Seattle Seahawk anymore. Which Who is, would? Yeah. At this point. It, it's it's going to be messy. But yeah, no, uh, my team completely fell apart despite, I think, making sensible trades throughout the year. Just a, the perfect storm of bad injuries at the wrong time and disappointing play from players who should have been better. So now it's over. Uh, my team is dying. And so I will be moving into a different phase where I will be kind of shepherding along the pod to the best of my abilities and attempting to provide an outsider perspective for the goings on of the league that uh, really no longer concerns me. Damn. The benevolent ghost of IAG. Yes. The, uh, the, the teams that made it to the playoffs, Nick, yeah. my team made it Cole tube, the two, the coal train or rather the coal train made it. Um, my, my made wife, it as the one seed. He did make it as the one seed. Um, Ari, my wife, um, wealthy Mike, also in and uh last but not least daniel the elusive daniel who will not come on this podcast yeah possibly pin down because this whole thing is about making sure people do not commit suicide but what, what's really important is that you know every time that he's referenced kind of here on out on this in this pod extended universe uh his name be bleeped summarily we're yes. just going to, in fact, be referring to him as Bleep from now on. So, and no Bleep. And that's not, and the Bleep <laughs> is not for that, by the way. Right, exactly.
Well, it's nice to have a benevolent ghost watching over the proceedings in the league. I'm sorry that you had a six-game losing streak with a team that appears to be good on paper. Mm. Najee Harris, James Conner, DK Metcalf, Russell Wilson, Marquise Brown, Jamar Chase, and Kyle Pitts. With CMC having turned to dust, you would think that that team would actually would actually be good. But you would think. But here we are. Kyle Pitts in our league scoring system is the tight end 13 on the year. It's that's uh, tough. It's he tough. One touchdown the entire year. What's tough is that I kind of feel like I, I, I kind of feel like Kyle Pitts is gonna be really good next year. And I just got him a year too early, which is a bummer. But we'll have more on that uh, in the future. I, I do. I have optimism for Kyle Pitts in a world where Matt Ryan is not his quarterback. And I think that that world is coming. I really do. Mm, could definitely be the case. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that's that's happening. Uh, it's over for me. But I will be here again as this kind of benevolent ghost figure that I guess I've been casting. We should, we should try to find a way to say benevolent ghost a couple more times. Yeah, sure. That, that works. But, you know, as this figure kind of lingering, floating around in the background, it's my job to kind of move this pot along fluidly now. So let's get into the playoffs. We're here, folks. We've got some pretty big matchups coming up. So uh, we want to wow. break those down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's take a look at some of these some of these matchups here. Well, there's only two this week because um, Coltrane and I have secured the buys as the division winners. Cole winning, of course, the newly renamed Schultz division. I was previously the Merkel division, of course, Olaf Schultz taking over as the chancellor of Germany and um, myself winning the G division when we all know what that stands for. And yeah, so that leaves our opening round matchups of Daniel Blank and my wonderful wife, Ari. Daniel team ostensibly my wife, Ari team husband, lady, both coming off one game losing streaks. So just taking a quick look at this here, we're, we're looking at a uh, nine and five team from Daniel, Lamar Jackson, Joe Mixon, Devonte Freeman, Chris Godwin, Hunter Renfro, Mike Gesicki, and Cole Beasley in his lineup, uh, along with the Cardinals defense, although that's possible that it'll change. Ari is looking at Dak Prescott, Antonio Gibson, Dalvin Cook, Stephon Diggs, T. Higgins, Tyler Conklin, Javante Williams, and the Packers defense. However, um, there might be some changes that she's making as uh as she has not, it looks like Dallas Goddard and DeAndre Swift will be available to her this week. Any thoughts, fellas, on this? In looking at the rosters and where they stand, this is actually a pretty even matchup. The big X factor for me is Lamar. Obviously, if Lamar is healthy, that drastically raises our friend Dan Bleep's ceiling. So I think, and and based on kind of the hits that he took last week, I'm not sure that they're going to get that version of Lamar and bad Lamar has the potential to be very, very bad. I also like, I mean, Galvin Cook has just been a monster when he's been on the field this year. uh, And he strikes me as the best player in this matchup and the player most likely to carry a team to a victory. If push comes to shove, I probably have your wife Ari as the slight favorite, although we have been downing Daniel all year and he seems to kind of come out and win these games that we don't necessarily expect him to. Daniel has in his IR slot is um, Derek Henry and Calvin Ridley almost as a flex. 
yeah. that he doesn't need them on his team to be a playoff team. No. Those are two of his top three picks in the entire league. So go yeah. figure. It is going to be interesting for Ari deciding between Williams and Swift, who are both listed as questionable uh, heading up into this matchup against Cincinnati. That's really got to be a lead and react decision because you really kind of have no idea. Like you would think if Swift is healthy, Swift will probably get most of those carries as he has for the bulk of this year. But the health status really makes that a challenging decision that she's going to have to monitor throughout the week. Another thing that I like, though, about Ari's team is Ayuk has quietly assembled some pretty good games. Uh, he had 16.6 last week, the week before he had eight, but then the week before that he had 12, he had 19. Like Ayuk has quietly become a pretty good option uh, to throw in here. And I kind of wonder if, if he should be in this lineup instead of T. Higgins. So if, if that happens, if Ayuk is in there, and then depending on uh, the kind of swift Williams decision, I, I do like Ari's ceiling a little bit more. T. Higgins has been quite good over the last four weeks, though. It depends on the, the matchup for the Bengals. Yeah, the Bengals true. have a lot to prove this week. They have to win to keep their division hopes alive. So T could be in line for a big game. But I do agree. Ayuk has taken a lot of the targets that Debo Samuel was seeing earlier in the season. Debo lately has been scoring with his legs. He's been taking carries and running super efficiently, which is great, but it does seem less sustainable. And as a Debo owner, I am a little bit concerned about that shift in usage. Debo so owner. Yeah. So it, it'll be it'll be a tough call for Ari uh, to, to choose there. But yeah, I'm, I'm sort of I believe Debo owner is also the grade that you were given as a lover at one point. Great. <laughs> uh, wow. Oh, oh. And, and that's, that's why we, that's why we have dark Nick now. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I have to, I, I have to leave the old me behind and <laughs> sublimate. I need to displace all of my pathos into these dark colored jeans. It's funny, you know, uh, Nick, uh, now that I think about it, you actually got the suggestion from uh, our good friend of the pod, Ryan Rusillo, right? Who uh, mentioned that this was a path worth taking. Yeah. No, I told Nick that he really needs to change up his look. He needs to shave his head. He needs to start going to Equinox. He needs to lawyer up. He needs to buy some slim, not skinny jeans. And he needs to paint his bathroom eggshell white. These are just kind of the facts of growing up. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, we always appreciate your guest contributions. Thanks, uh, thanks again for coming on the pod. Yeah. Is it cool if I hang on the pod? Uh, you, you can hang around for a little bit. Uh, all I ask is that, you know, please, for the love of God, don't fly across country in the middle of the pod. If you're it, like, she's not taking you back. I don't know how to tell you this, man. If you're going to go, then go do something else. I feel like I'm missing out on a lot of yeah. Ryan Russillo lore that is being referenced that I don't understand. I'm assuming it's about, I mean, look, he's a millionaire or something. He's Bill Simmons' best friend. Um, but he is he an L taker? Is that kind of his thing? Why he's taken you? some yeah, I'll let Ryan speak for himself. I just I just want to interject and, and ask why you're talking about me like I'm not here in the room. I'm sorry. I Ryan, I'm having a tough week. So I know we're I close know you friends. are, buddy. Okay. I know we're close friends, close personal friends. Um, we are pitching a show to Hulu together. Uh, if I remember that's why I'm saying why why are you giving me guff right now I'm just trying right. to let watch you lie down yeah as you can tell I, maybe I'm having some brain fog from being in the recovery position 
while I'm podcasting. Yeah. Um, it's entirely yeah. possible. Yeah, yeah. Your your wife's out of town. It must be hard. Regular people don't react this way to this, right? Like I'm this. This is too much. You what know, sidebar. It's it's extended, but you know, Ryan's got a lot to say. He's got a lot on his mind. Um, oh, I'm talking about I'm talking about me. Oh, you're talking <laughs> about you. Yeah. Well. Yeah, no, normally, I mean, Bell's going away for a week next, not next week, but the week after. So we'll see. I might be, I might be the guy under the covers soon enough. Truly unhinged. Yeah. Um, well, I think hey, part guys, of it's me. It's Nick. It's hey, dark guys. Nick. Yeah. I'm back. Um, Ryan had to take a call. So oh, wow. he dropped off the Zoom, but he might come back later. Okay. okay. Well, uh, you know, just let us know if he does come back. Uh, anyway, no Ryan, problem. thank thanks so much for your contributions. Really appreciate it. Yeah, so, give yeah. me a thumbs up. So, Dark Nick, any thoughts on on who's winning this matchup head to head? I see Daniel's team as like a great oliphant that's been stung by many arrows and now is just in its final death throes, and I think is ready to be felled. And I think Ari's gentle touch, her total lack of shit talking will be a really nice way for him to slowly some might argue but inexorably barely paying attention stay again some might say that her lack of shit talk has to do with never opening the app barely (laughs) being engaged no that's not true she's she she's actually she's she's pretty active i'm being i'm wondering which is more of a flex ari's level of emotional investment or daniel keeping two of his uh, blue chippers on his IR slots. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a good question. Derrick Henry is kind of an interesting case because there is increasing murmurs that he might actually be coming back in the regular season, which just as an aside would be like, would really defy a lot of what we know about the human body for Derrick Henry to come back and play full contact football after breaking a bone in his foot a few weeks ago uh that would be that would be really something so if if for some reason daniel's team does manage to survive this next round of arrows and keeps stumbling forward the possibility that derrick henry comes back from the grave for championship week can't be ignored that would be cool as hell i gotta say but as a Titans fan, do you want that to happen? I mean, do you, do you uh, want them to, to yeah. watch him back like that? So it's really interesting because on the one hand, the Titans have a pretty clear path to being a top two seed in the AFC. Uh, and I think that home field, this team is like, the Titans are pretty good. Like their offense is really high powered and effective. Tannehill struggles with turnovers, but he also gets yards and touchdowns pretty frequently. They have a really good offensive line and their defense has really become something wholly unexpected, but solid. They're good at rushing the passer and stopping the run. The addition of Zach Cunningham off the waiver wire, inexplicable that the Texans cut him unless you went to them and said, hey, I don't want to be on this team anymore. But He's now Maybe. on the Titans. It's possible. And, and he's a pretty good player. So I'm of two minds because if Derrick Henry comes back and he is fully Derrick Henry, I mean, there's a real possibility that the Titans could come out of the AFC if that happens. But the long-term risk is high, especially with foot injuries. So I mean, it, it's if, I might, I if I might interject, he's a running back. That's true. You got to use him while yeah. you got him. You can't 
fluff about because next year he'll just get another nagging injury that could be exacerbated and because that's what a running back is it's entirely possible and the thing is if derrick henry is back if if derrick henry can if you're you're asking derrick henry to give you four games like four games of being the best football player on earth i i like those odds reasonably well like he can do that so I don't know. When push comes to shove, I, I do feel like the Titans are almost never in a position to actually make a deep playoff run. Um, so you kind of, I'm, I'm probably with you, Will, you kind of have to take that shot when it's there. It all really just depends on like where his foot's at and how he's doing. I will say that Devonta Foreman has actually been pretty decent as this kind of found gold waiver running back. He's obviously not Derrick Henry and the Titans. Deontay Foreman. Just Deontay, good. sorry. The Titans will not. I'm, I'm a real piece of garbage. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> um, Why do I t- do this to my friends? People who care about me. Once again, I, I, I nitpick on their, their littlest flaws and I blow them up in front of a, an audience, an audience, a million, hundreds of thousands. <laughs> oh, we, we, we pass into the millions recently. No, I, I didn't send you the most this week's numbers, but the new data is huge. We're in six figure territory. Jesus yeah, uh, no, friend of the pod, Ryan, he has been talking to uh, Bill Simmons, media mogul, and uh, he's he's put in a good word for us from what I hear. So we might be getting the call soon. Well, God willing. After, I mean, I don't know what he can do for us more. We are on his show every week. That's true. I don't know. Gentlemen, I, think... I have some uh, some breaking news. Oh, yeah? The khaki tube has entered the waiting room. Oh boy! Oh man! Well, should we take a short break and uh, and maybe get his take on the second playoff thing? That would make sense to me, considering that that that's got some importance for him as well. Yeah, sure. I agree. And there's nothing more tube-like than bursting through a door unexpectedly to deliver your opinion. That's true. Dude, we'll be back. He's opinionated. <laughs> no, we'll be back though with more. <laughs> it's actually good. My life be like. Will is in a state of crisis, but aside from that, we're fine. (laughs) Is this like a normal Will state of crisis or like a special state of emergency state of crisis? All right. Good seeing you, Evan. We'll uh, we'll have you back on the show at a later date. (laughs) (laughs) Ari is gone. Ari is is in New Orleans right now. And you're just having trouble feeding yourself? Um, No, that's always been a strength of mine, actually. Um, but, uh, having trouble doing pretty much everything else, but that's fine. It's, it's actually it's good. I've taken this, this shot of the, uh, this shot of my room is the only one that doesn't, or the, this shot of my apartment is the only one that, uh, doesn't, isn't covered in trash. <laughs> viscera. Looks like uh. a David Gammons play in there. Yeah, exactly. Jesus. Look guys. Roll over onto an ocean of Del Taco paper. <laughs> yeah that's yeah that's definitely not that's a funny joke 
<laughs> the really funny joke you just told there. A humorous that, premise. Yes, a humorous exaggeration of of my current situation <laughs> instead of a locked on <laughs> snipe. All right. Anyway, it's so good to have you. It's, it's good, good to be here again. Man. I know you're busy. I know that my I, I also attempted to get Evan on the show. He was like, yeah, I don't really have time. And I just said, how dare you? And I stopped talking to him. <laughs> yes, Alex, would you like to do the, the formal uh, yeah. welcome? Welcome back to It's Actually Good. We are, of course, thrilled to introduce our guest for the week. Returning to the pod, we've got the khaki tube himself. Evan, Ooh. so glad to have you back. Nice to see you again. I saw you a few days ago it's like a week ago now so i guess it's literally a week ago basically how are you doing uh i'm doing great uh staying busy having fun uh trying to ramp stuff down for the holidays uh getting ready for a trip to uh to mexico very excited Ooh. that was a beautiful queen's wave you did there i appreciate oh, yeah. that you can't see this on the audio podcast but i waved so, to you as if my it's subject. worth mentioning um tube that um up till this point um nick is part of his dark nick transformation is claiming yeah yeah, is claiming to have grown up on a u.s u.s military uh, military installation in the city of leeds england and to be british i'm excited to play into this backstory that's great when pressed when pressed on which branch of the military it became clear that it, he was his parents were personal bodyguards to Prince Andrew, <laughs> and that's why he's so close with Ennis Cantor. We figured it out. Yes, exactly. and then it's freedom. That's cut, 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 cut. <laughs> we're gonna cut that dead name. <laughs> the Celtics laugh. We're not dead naming that more. guy. <laughs> um. Anyway, so uh, Evan, glad to have you back. Uh, and uh, we we've got a lot to talk about, so we'll just get right into it. Um, Evan, we are discussing. One of the two playoff matchups uh, that is heading into this week. But before we begin, um, Evan, I think it's it's probably worth mentioning that you, like myself, are not included in these playoffs. I'm so sorry. Do you do you want to take a moment to just speak your mind on the state of things in the league, how you're feeling, what emotions you're processing, uh, and anything really you need to get off your chest here? Um. Yeah. Uh, looking back at the inception of this podcast and my much maligned draft, I'm still pretty pleased with where I ended up on the season. Yes, I did not make the playoffs, but I came in fourth overall in points for during the regular season and withstained some major injuries, and uh, including in the final game, a late scratch to my most reliable quarterback, um, sorry, running back, uh, Darrell Henderson. Uh, with COVID, unfortunately, which I think is what ended up tipping the scales for me. Um, but I'm very happy with my with my squad, my team, how they performed. Uh, the one criticism, there are many criticisms le- leveled at my draft, and I think only one may is I, one that I've... May I interrupt briefly? Yes. I had a quick no. question for you Answer. that I wanted, to, I wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of talk, and I think I might be anticipating what you're saying, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the order that the wide receivers went in in this draft, mm-hmm. and uh, and I believe you, you picked you picked DeAndre Hopkins pretty early. We all said it was pretty early. 
DeAndre Hopkins, uh, and this was something where you were in the group chat crowing after the very first week where he scored two touchdowns, talking about how we're dumbasses. DeAndre Hopkins finishing on the year uh, as the wide receiver 28. Mm. So just, just if I might anticipate what you're going to say, when in the final game of your season with a playoff spot on the line, you needed 17 points or 18 points from DeAndre Hopkins to get into the playoffs and you were only able to get 9.4. Did you feel like at last you were owned? No, because he injured his knee, dude. He's out for the season. He didn't injure his knee until the very last play of the game. He injured his knee a little earlier than that. He was limping. It got worse. He's had injury problems all season. I feel bad. I could have done better, but injuries are injuries. The one draft criticism that stands out is one board like Cassandra of Troy pointing out through your podcast to me and saying, beware the Zeke train. Beware Ezekiel Elliott. And I as a fool, no, this is the year, baby. Zeke, this is going to be the year of the, of the Cowboys. And I was in a way right. But alas, it seems that I imagine by the beginning of next season, Tony Pollard will have fully taken over RB1 responsibilities over in Dallas. That was a frustrating portion of my season to watch. And you can see my win total is like entirely in proportion to how many points per week Zeke is scoring. Like if Zeke scored like 15 to 20 points, I generally won. And if he scored less, I generally lost. And that uh, fed into what was going on there. But Hopkins, no, I still think Hopkins is, uh, is tight as hell. You know, I could have taken Cup first. I don't like Cup's vibes, but he did really well this season. But uh, Hopkins, why you don't like his vibes? Like, okay. hmm? why don't you it's like a vibe-based defense. Yeah. I like to have guys on my team that I like. That's why I'm not cold <laughs> drafting up Tyreek and, and Kareem Hunt and going with the, uh, the the bad dudes row. Right, of course, because, you know, we've got uh, yeah. guys like Cooper Ezekiel Cup. Elliott. Whatever uh, he's done is equivalent. <laughs> <laughs> God, God forbid. Bad any, character any... guys like <laughs> Ray Rice. <laughs> God, God forbid, Evan have any low character guys on his team who made played running back for the Dallas Cowboys. God forbid. Yeah, exactly. Did I forget about Zeke being bad? Zeke's, oh, no. Zeke's, yeah. Well, we don't. That could have saved my season. Have, if we, I honestly, know. honestly, like we kind of don't know. <laughs> oh, we'll I'll see. Look it up. Maybe I've totally forgot about that. Um. Anyway. <laughs> um. So we'll I think, wanted to ask. Evan, yeah. Go. Go. Is ahead. I wanted to ask Evan. Is you mentioned. The coal train. Does your missing the playoffs, is that heightened by the counterpoise of your brother's victory? Um, or train, are number you one overall serene team. and at peace with the fact that he's the regular season champ? So for me, I, if you had asked me at the beginning of the season, I would have said that the pain would have been heightened. But Cole and I have been honestly, like truly, like I really mean this in a sincere way. Like this league is actually not only been a great way to stay a little closer to you guys, but also my brother who like, Though he lives a 20-minute walk away, I don't necessarily talk to that much. It was just nice to have something to talk to him about. And uh, I'm fully Coltrane, baby. I'm on I'm on the train. I think that uh, Josh Allen has something to prove at the ending of this season. He's in real problem territory, and we'll keep gunning it till the end. And I think uh, the QRM Rogers team is uh, ready to find its purchase at the end. How dare you? How dare <laughs> you be that wholesome? <laughs> yeah. We were looking for hatred. Yeah, you've diffused the vibe entirely. <laughs> well, 
Well, I think it might be time to pivot. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Pivot to the playoff matchup. Let's do that. Because we do have one more to get through. So, Evan, uh, you weren't here for the first one, but we'll we'll tag you in here for the second playoff matchup that's going on this week. Uh, we've got our very own Dark Neck facing off against the second biggest Titans fan in the orbit of this podcast. <laughs> Wealthy. As, as proven, Wealthy Mike, the venture capitalist, uh, you know, spreading the wealth all around to himself. So, um... Evan, we have you here. Obviously, you know, we can't tag Nick in here because uh, he's involved in the matchup. So I'm going to pivot to you first. Evan, looking at these rosters and looking at these matchups, what stands out to you in this head-to-head playoff battle between Dark Neck and Wealthy Mike? I think I think Neck's got the stronger roster, but looking at a lot of these uh, players that Wealthy's got plugged are some really nice matchups for him. I like Montgomery out in, uh, in Minnesota. I like Chubb out in Las Vegas. Um, I think that those are some really, uh, Swiss hole, uh, Swiss hole. Vegas is what you were, what you were arrested for last year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I, I think that that could be very favorable, uh, for, uh, Mr. Wealthy. Um, but at the end of the day, I've seen what uh, Devontae Adams can do to my team fucking twice. I have seen what uh, Justin Herbert can do. I, I don't like Nick's running back squad very well, but I'm going to have to go with uh, our man, Dark Nick. Uh, uh, I want to just circle back to, I gave an entire like villain monologue regarding DeAndre Hopkins, and you, you brushed it off so easily. It felt, <laughs> felt a little underwhelming to me. I spent, I wrote out, I wrote it out. I didn't write it out, but, but yeah. So uh, fuck you. <laughs> I'll say this, yeah. you know, I'm in the playoffs in my other league. You know, I'm feeling good in the holiday spirit. I think if I truly had been bumped from the playoffs in both leagues, your dark monologue would have truly cut to the quick of my soul, but uh, I'm in a nice, good position in my other league with uh, Dalvin Cook and Cordero Patterson and some other great people. Yeah, have Cordero in this league as well. Very good pickup. Probably the best yeah. pickup of the year. So, so Will, taking a look at the matchups, what do you see? What do you like? What do you think? What do you not like? Well, my worry for Mike Wealthy here is uh, is that he's he's starting Jalen Hurts currently. Jalen is Hurts right now, and he might have to think about putting in his backup Taysom Hill. So that's that's going to be a decision that could feel really bad if he's on the wrong side of it. And certainly, he does not have a plug and play every week guy like Justin Herbert. Or he, he did, but then, you know, Jalen Hurts, he's just so volatile. Nick's running backs is always terrible, although he did just pick up Rashad Penny. Nick has been, Nick has actually rebuilt his running back core pretty effectively here over the over the last few weeks after uh, trading one of the, probably the worst trade of the season. Oh, definitely um, the worst. And if season with, uh, with, you know, with some trades that were not very good, I mean, it's it's actually funny. We, we talked about how I won the DJ Moore uh, Deontay Johnson trade that we did when I, I actually turns out I lost it, but then you, you traded him back to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I somehow gave you a mulligan. I was like, you know, I don't need to win this trade. I don't know what to do because I have, I still have the wide receiver two, 11 and 12. And we only have two wide receivers in a flex. So no, I mean, I mean, what right. I should have done is find a, you offered me a 
Elijah Mitchell, who is, are you, I guess you said you would have offered me Elijah. Probably would have offered you Elijah Mitchell if we were going to flip Amari. Who is but, now anyway. on the year, the, the running back 17. Yeah. Um, and Zach Moss has been just voluntarily banished. <laughs> you know, we've seen what you can do and we don't like it. Uh, and that's it. So I, I am owned. That's end of sight. Yeah. All right. Well, so let's let's get back to Will because we'll we'll come to your takes on your own team at the end, Nick. But any any additional stuff from either Nick, uh, Nick or or Mike Wealthy here? Uh, I think that I think it's going to be really close. It's going to come down honestly to whether Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey or whether he is just some guy. And for most of the season, he's been just some guy. Yeah. I, I think that's the, definitely the key matchup that I'm watching. Kelsey is the ceiling raiser. And if he he's gets, just some guy, the tight end too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, if he's really good, then I think Mech has a great shot at this matchup. Um, you know, the running back questions, I think that's legitimate. They have been all year. That being said, Debo Samuel kind of operates as a running back in a lot of ways and the quality that he produces but he can't play him at the running back position. no but all this is to say that like Debo Samuel's best games are equivalent to like elite running back production so in some ways I feel like it's more I don't know I, I, I'm a little bit less worried about the lack of production from uh, the current starting running backs with Debo in the fold uh, and with Adams and Lamb, you know, this receiving core is loaded. Herbert has also been on a tear and the can it's going to be interesting. So good. It's going to be interesting to see how he fares against Kansas city. Last time he tore them up when they matched up, he had 35, but this Kansas city defense has improved pretty steadily over the year. So it'll be interesting to see it's shocking. how that goes. Yeah. I mean, with the exception of, of will Nick has been our most was an active trade partner in the league, like been making the most trade moves. And yet this team to me still looks like it really could have used one more trade before the trade line was expired. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of, wow. in the, in the wide receiver stable right now that is not playable. And there's a lot in the running back stable that needs to be improved. And I think just like a lot of team, like my team could have used a better wide receiver. I um, tried to trade for Daryl Henderson. Oh, well. And you said no. Yeah. I could have helped us both, especially because he was injured final week. But there we go. The thing I will say is that Penny is kind of interesting. You know, Penny can had, happen. He had 27 against Houston last week. Uh, and so Seattle, on the one hand, doesn't really have much to play 27 for. 27 carries? No, 27 points. Oh. Um, Seattle doesn't have much to play for. They're not particularly good. But Penny has something to play for in trying to establish himself as the clear lead back in their offense heading into next year. So it's possible that you could see him have some big games over this next few weeks. He's going up against the Rams this week, which is a pretty tough matchup. Aaron Donald is just never fun to run against. So this might not be the week for Penny, but if Nick can survive and move into next week, I I think there's a reasonable chance that you could get some production out of Penny. You've got a guy in Dante Foreman who has a pretty low ceiling, but also is going to get that floor production just because the Titans can't run their offense unless they're handing the ball off 40 times a game. So he's he's going to get touches. He might not be efficient with them. In general, the running back stable is a little bit better than it was at kind of the nadir of Nick's season. It's still a weak spot. That being said, 
I would slightly lean uh, for our co-host here as well. I just feel like Herbert and this receiving core is really, really strong. And if all of those guys hit, it's going to be tough to overcome. And when I look at Mike Wealthy's team, Cup is pretty clearly the number one guy on this team, along with Chubb. Outside of that, it's a bunch of dudes who could be good, but have some question marks around them. Not as good as well. And I don't know. I'm just, the quarterback thing worries me. Montgomery, I have in another league. He's been kind of mid. Uh, and there's, there's a bunch of guys on this team that I don't necessarily trust on a week-to-week basis, even if they could be good. I, I would go so far to say that I personally, and look, I'm a guy who's not in the playoffs, so big, you know, grain of salt, but I would take Rashad Penny over Singletary this week. Um, oh, yeah. I think Singletary will as well. I said that's, yeah, of course. Yeah, well, that's not what's in his lineup right now, but I think Singletary this year, even with the ostracism of Zach Moss, the Greeks have written his name on the tablets, uh, mm. but I, I still think that, that Devin Singletary is not, anywhere close to what you want in your playoff lineup. And I think that Rashad Penny's got way more upside. I think well, that's probably true. It is interesting to hear you all say Penny. I was thinking Penny. That's why I added Penny. But Singletary did have a lot of targets out of the backfield last week. But against Carolina, they should actually be up. But he, they, they've not been effective on the ground. I don't think he's broke 50 yards on the ground on the season. So the bills are in a real funk right now. There's something that is weird. They're fine. They're fine. They're good. They'll they've yeah. lost close games. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think they're, they're still a good team, but I think McDermott's made a lot of head scratching decisions. I think they have all the pieces to put it together, but I think if things do not turn around and they end up in a bad wild card spot or they end up possibly missing the playoffs at this point, uh, McDermott is very much on the hot seat to get out of there because there's a lot of talent on that team and uh, they are not getting the results they need. I agree with that. As for my matchup, I, you know, I'm heartened to hear people say that they think I have a good chance to win, but this is the exact sort of, I, I, I hate having to play in the first round of the playoffs, you know, if you can avoid it, because you end up running into teams like this that absolutely have the chance to go off and win and, and would be within their right to do so. And then you think you have a great team and you're just done. And maybe you, you, you outscore the champ the next two weeks, but you're out of contention. That that's that's why I had to become Dark Neck, because that doesn't happen to Dark Neck. That happens to the old Neck. So that's what I'm hoping for. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's true. I mean, Cup has been so good, and he's the kind of player that really could swing a matchup by himself, even though his vibes are bad. I guess <laughs> awful. What's weird is that the the playoff seating for like. I'm third in the she division, but I'm out of the playoffs. But the top two seeds of the divisions got buys. That's like such an interesting thing to me that has been worked out very much in Will's favor. Um, it's very interesting. Isn't yeah. it interesting? Oh, it's so interesting. The, well, that, I think that leads us pretty naturally into our next topic. So yeah, pee pee or poo poo. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, no, but seriously, you have a game, right? Yeah, I think. We, wait, what's that sound? Oh. What? Do you guys hear that? What? No, I don't. I don't know what I'm hearing. What's, what's this, what's going on? It sounds like a keening siren. Uh oh. Is somebody invoking the serious business clause? <laughs> oh dear. 
I feel like I'm hearing the serious business air raid siren. We're, we haven't prepared for this at all. This clause was written into the contract a long time ago, and I have read it. Uh, man. Okay. Uh, serious... I thought we were doing just a game or something. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, that's the sound. Okay. I do recognize that sound. Nick, uh, it's my understanding <laughs> that in lieu of a game, you have invoked the serious business clause, Wait. the IEG charter. Oh, man. that That's... <laughs> Yeah. So you are those sirens behind you, Nick? Diegetic. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> that's so Nick, Nick uh, your tone seems really grave and serious. I, I'm a little concerned, but you know, just just go forward with that. This is this is scaring me a little bit. Yes, it is very grave. May I begin? Yeah, I guess so. The floor is yours. There is like a game, though. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you for gathering here today and giving me an audience. If it pleases the assembled parties, I wish to file a formal motion of grievance to be discharged forthwith against our standing commissioner, Bill the Vizier. Oh dear. I charge him with deliberate malfeasance in the realm of division waiting by level of investment <laughs> in this fake game. Three brothers in the same division, Methinks blood may be thicker than water. Second, I must register my unmitigated gall into the record as it pertains to the circumstances of his division title's precedence. It has overridden my season-long points total and my 1-0 record in our head-to-head -head bouts and competition. To me, this is the very portrait of injustice. What say you, hallowed guest Evan, as a neutral party how can we prevent such wait, an injustice? Wait, am I am I allowed to make any sort of response again? here? I think we have to speak to our neutral party first. I'm being no, accused as the of neutral party. Forward. I would like to hear from both sides before I give my verdict on such matters. I have issued my disquisition <laughs> and registered my displeasure. So what I'm trying, what I guess I'm, I'm trying to understand here is Nick seems upset that vision winners get a first round buy which has always been the case in every sleeper league that anyone's ever been in. Um, it's part of the rules. If you looked at the playoff preview from week one of the season, you'd have seen that whoever was leading each division was going to be the first round by what's what's really happening here. Honestly, to Nick is that he knew this and he's pretending to be shocked and to be mad. Because he was so hubristic to think that he would win his own division. He would win the Schultz division that he was competing with Coltrane in. And he was like, oh, I don't actually think Will's that good. I'd rather him have the first round by than Coltrane. So he brings this up at the very last moment when the information was available the entire fucking season. Because now his plans for winning the league are dashed because he's afraid to compete in the arena instead of here in the courtroom. This is bullshit. Wait, can I, I interject? <laughs> Ryan, please, yes. <laughs> uh, welcome yeah, back, just, Ryan Russillo. <laughs> thank you. I just have to interject to defend my buddy here. Um, this is not a capricious suit. Also, hey, Evan, <laughs> it's good to see. Setting aside the fact that having two divisions in a 10-team league is asinine and bananas beyond belief. The accusation that Nick issued actually had to do with the stacking 
of the competition within the divisions. Is that right, Nick? Yeah, Ryan, thank you for recentering the argument around the actual point I was trying to make, which is, all right, no, I guess you have to take another call. <laughs> the guy is such a hustler. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Oh, Ryan, good luck on your flight. <laughs> but yeah, the right. accusation that I levied was that Will built divisions with foreknowledge that his brothers would not actually care about the league and that he would face two cupcake opponents twice in his season-long campaign, thus giving him the edge to perform such a maneuver here and get this by. First of all, Josh had the highest point total in the entire league. And also really really total, which is nuts. <laughs> um, yeah. Second, secondly, I, like, oh, I, I, I literally, here's what, here's how the divisions were formed. I assigned each player, each team a number. I made the, the, at the time, Merkel and G division. I went to random.org. I did random series of numbers from one to 10, and I placed them one through five in the G division, and then six through 10. In the Merkel division, the only change that I made was I took my Chinese wife out of the G division <laughs> and swapped her, <laughs> swapped her with, with wealthy Mike. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I was like, I feel weird putting her in the G division. Uh, uh, so in fact, I took a strong competitor from. The, my opposite division and put them into my division. No one could have seen at the beginning of the season that Ari would care or have any sort of method here. We all thought she was just making space for us. So I, um, I have done nothing wrong. I let randomness decide the divisions. Um, I mean, we come to you for a really minimal massaging for to not get canceled. Here is my verdict. On one hand, I do not believe there was any intentional malfeasance by our commissioner, Mr. Will. As I believe no one again, would... we're not using my name. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Will bleep. Will bleep. Our our commissioner, uh, because no one would put the the wealthy baron in their league, knowing in their division, knowingly at the beginning of the season. I think that if if it still stood as it had stood with a randomizer, I would raise some eyebrows about the, the divisions. On the other hand, I think there is a cognitive dissonance, so to speak, between the idea that divisions are both so important that they should decide the buys, and yet not so important that the top three teams in each division should be in the playoffs, which would have led to that's me literally the, That's how wild cards work. You motherfucker! In every sport, but these are these divisions are as if they were conferences, not as if you know. There's not multiple many little divisions. These are the two major groupings we have of teams. Such you can hold him in contempt if he speaks that way to you. By the way, <laughs> the judge. Wait, is he the judge? He is. A, he's, he's the partial. Yeah, he's the impartial arbiter. Oh, I'm sorry. I think well, I'm the okay, I, I apologize for speaking to the the part of the arbiter that way. That was my intention. Therefore, my ruling is such that next season we return to a normal fucking app to do this, and yeah. not the weird sleeper app. But Will may retain commissioner duties if he so wishes, and if not, it will be handed over to Dark Nick.
who we can razz for all his misdecisions as well. Wow. I legitimately think that Sleeper is a much better app than any other one that people use. If I, no I use the reason, Yahoo app for another league and it is garbage. I just like have okay. like two other separate leagues I've played in that are like one that didn't run this year, but like all of them are on ESPN. It's just so much easier to have them in the same app. Like maybe I'm a lazy fucking asshole, but just going to two different apps is it's a bummer. This is a stunning ruling by the judge. Um, but I do think that we have to tag in the rest of the week to make such a momentous decision. So I, that- I will abide a veto by a 50% majority from the league. That seems reasonable. Thank you, as always, uh, Mr. Judge, for uh, your clarity. So, but but to your but there's no need to change the seatings as they currently stand, in your opinion. No, that would be that okay. would be ridiculous. We have you know, standards here. Yeah, I think any changes that would be made would take effect next season for all purposes. Like we, it's too late now. Nothing. Your point is correct that the th- this was public knowledge. This information has been available. There is no knowing collusion or malfeasance, only... Uh, no malfeasance, much less malfeasance. Really? All right, you. Well, the Sorry, judge I'm, is an, I'm kind of raw right now, man. Having a tough week. <laughs> the judge has spoken. Thank you once again for a fair and impartial ruling on this matter. Um, obviously, you know... It would it, it would be a, quite a change to head into head from the era of the vizier into the era of dark neck. That that would be quite a transition and one that you know we'll have to sort that out in the off season as to whether that's something we actually want or not. Just out of curiosity, dark neck is that something that you feel you would be able to handle being a potential commissioner next year? I think the real question is whether you can handle my capricious and iron fisted rule. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, I see. Okay, great. Uh, But no, I look forward to gathering a quorum of people and um, deciding on a couple rule modifications for the next campaign. Mm. Yeah, we have much more information to come on the next campaign. Uh, We're going to save that for a little later, possibly another episode. But uh, any any other lingering issues that we need to address uh, in what was ostensibly our game of the week, but ended up becoming a trial? <laughs> Can I just Nick, say still... I'm relieved the U.S. justice system works. Nick, you still love me, right? <laughs> yes, buddy. No, that was I was acting. Mm. Oh, okay. Will well, Ryan wasn't really go there. back to issuing sleepy owns from, pro- <laughs> from your bed. Pronouns. Pronouns. That's good. <laughs> Prones. <laughs> you noticed every everybody's got these pronouns now. <laughs> oh, Dave Chappelle! <laughs> I didn't know we had your phone number. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting on a stool, <laughs> smoking a cigarette. I'm sitting on a stool while lying down in bed. Yeah. <laughs> well, Nick, why are these children so school. stupid? <laughs> <laughs> all right, we do have an actual segment uh, that we want to get into—a segment that you all know and uh, love—and we should do that. But given that it's the playoffs, given that the stakes are a little higher, we've decided to opt this week for a deluxe edition of our favorite old segment, PP or Poo Poo. Uh, the Vizier has prepared a new segment, and uh, we're going to swing it to him. Vizier, what's what's going on with yes. uh, our Yes, so we're segment? doing a season-long PP or Poo Poo. Oh, man. Where we collect all the takes 
from the entire season, we decide whether each of these hosts at their core are PP or poo poo in terms of their <laughs> prognostication abilities. Now, um, sh- where should we start? Should we start with Dark Neck? Should we start with Borg? Should we start with myself? We've got a lot of choices here. I think given that I am out of the playoffs, uh, it might make sense to start with me since mm-hmm. my takes have a little bit lower stakes. Okay. All right. So you As took the benevolent ghost. You took yes. slightly fewer, made slightly fewer like crazy pronunciations that uh, in doing my re-listen um, kind of came to came to me. But one of the big, first big things you talked about was uh, that the Patriots trade when the Patriots traded, what's his name? Gilmore. Something Gilmore, not Sebastian Gilmore. Stephon. Oh, I see. He's doing a bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Stefan Gilmore. Uh, no, I'm not doing a bit. I don't know his name. Um, <laughs> Stefan Gilmore. Um, you said the Patriots were doing that in order to tank. Yep. I did say um, that. Uh, after that point, That's the fair. Patriots have uh, won every single game that they've played in. <laughs> Whoops. Um, so that was one of your first takes. Um, during one of the initial PP or poopoos, you said that Sam Darnold would regress pretty significantly uh later you said uh carson wentz for the remainder of the season would be a qb1 carson wentz at this time nick can you look up where carson wentz is i would love to look that up yeah i didn't i didn't by that just to clarify i didn't mean he would be the best quarterback i meant he would be a startable qb1 like locked in every week starter okay that's I understand you said, but a QB one in this league means he's going to be a top 10 QB or at least top 12. Where is he right now? 15, 16, 17, <laughs> 18, 19, the QB 20. Okay. Uh, According to our score. A fringe QB two. Fringe QB two. Yes. Uh, but a nice to have QB three. That's true. You said similarly on the quarterback point of view, um, you said that Russ, it's possible that he could fall out of the top 20 quarterbacks. Russ, as of right now in our league. Um, QB 13. The QB 13. What? With his injury? Even with his injury, yes. Wow. Tyler Lockett is, is that dude. I also like, damn, I'm such an idiot. Like with the Tyler Lockett thing, I was like, eh, I don't know. He's boom or bust. It's like, <laughs> yeah. He wins you the week when he goes off. What am I doing? Remind um, me, I have a question for you guys about my other league. That's on. Yeah. And last but not least, uh, you said John Gruden, everything he brought in the emails was fine. <laughs> yeah, that and was that he's a good up. guy and that you agree with him. Uh, I, you know, I, I must have been in a fugue state when I dropped that one. I'm not sure I remember that. That's a very hazy period for me. So, I, think our, I think our friend Musilla could talk more about that. So <laughs> I think that is... Um, <laughs> So my own, my take is that for the season, that's a little bit poo-poo. Nick, Evan, what do you think? I would say the only sense in which that is PP is in the fact that you have regressed like Peyton Pritchard. Uh, that's pretty poo-poo, my man. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, for what it's worth, he was the only one of the hosts that was like, um, Derek Henry is going to still be elite. So I think that comes more from the homer bone than it does from the nose ball bone. Uh, I don't know about that. I've watched a lot of Derrick Henry. So is this a curation of his poopooist takes? No, this is me going through the entire... I listened to all the episodes over the last two weeks. Um, a true and I, hero. And I, um, I put together a list of what I could identify as being takes. Proclamations um, that are attached to a number 
and had you know strong like a strong i am making a take energy oh man so these are these are the firmest takes well that's that is really that's really something i gotta say i i'm obligated to rule it poo poo yeah i think that's probably right you know I, I had some takes. I'm not going to say that they were good takes. We've, we've all discussed them now. Uh, but, you know, one thing about me, I will, I'll be open and honest. I get things wrong all the time. Uh, it's uh, part of a growth mindset that I'm trying to adapt. And, uh, you know, I'm at peace with it. Failure makes you stronger. Yeah, uh, that was actually my chapel speech. Shout out. And, you know, if there's any consolation, Goldberg, I will still hear those words about Zeke from the post-draft podcast. That's true. Years. Well, he was pretty on, you were pretty on point during the during the draft season. You were like low on Zeke, low on Chase Edmonds, high on Derrick Henry. But, you know, you also had some bad take. We, we When we did their uh, hype and fade segment, there were some bad ones in there as well. But it's fine. Um, it's actually good. Uh, it is actually good. And don't worry about being, the fact that you are a triple poo-poo here, and that it's all brown and that we need to flush it down is no, don't take that as any sort of like referendum on you. Right. Oh, I, I think it's our friendship. All right. Evan, should we go to me or uh, Nick next? I'd like to end with you, Mr. Commissioner. So let's head to okay. uh, Nick next. One of Nick's first predictions was that on week, uh, after the very first week, he predicted that the Arizona Cardinals would win the NFC West. He said that they would be perhaps five and two through the first seven games. They were seven and zero during uh, the same episode, episode two. He said Michael Pittman Jr. was bad at football. Um, <laughs> well, well. Um, he recently said uh, this is fairly recently. He said that Dan Arnold of the Jacksonville Jaguars would be a um, a solid tight end one for the <laughs> remainder of the season. Dan Arnold. One of the people that he talked about the most in a in such a long time with such bad audio that we had to keep it in instead of redoing it. Um, he talked about how Joe Mixon was going to be Joe Mixon was really good. And despite the fact that people joke about him being a bad running back, it's a meme that he's a bad running back, that he was going to have a great season. During one of the episodes of PP Your Poop Poo, he said that Khalil Herbert would have a great week when he was filling in for um david montgomery and that the week was so good but what, what kind of makes it so what draws away from the power of this is he said khalil herbert's performance was so good that then the browns back uh, the bears backfield would turn into a timeshare between him and david montgomery something that hasn't really happened he said rashad bateman will be a high-end flex slash wide receiver two was comparing him favorably to brandon cooks and adam thielen um, when when he was pressed on who he would think they, he thought they were better than. And um, last but not least, uh, he said that, I believe it was after week three, he said, over the course of the season, uh, Naheem Hines will outscore Jonathan Taylor. Ooh. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor, as we know, Hell the yeah. current <laughs> highest scoring player in fantasy football. Naheem Hines, not rostered in almost any league. <laughs> Just not getting the ball. <laughs> Who knows yeah, that, that was that was very peepy for me until that final take. It which... was pretty peepy <laughs> for a long time. 
but I truly can't think of a more wrong take that you could have at the end of this season than like, <laughs> boy, Jonathan Taylor, not even worth it at this point. It's almost, so, yeah, it's almost so bad that like that take alone might make it a majority poo-poo even for what is a relatively fine record overall. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's that, tragic. I think on the most, I think he's pretty good for the most part here. The Joe Mixon, man, he put in a lot of work on the Joe Mixon thing, but this the the Jonathan Taylor thing that what a miss, what a horrific miss. And I was I was high on Naheem Hines too going into the season. I didn't think he'd score more than Jonathan Taylor, but fuck. I mean, I think we have to go poo poo, and I'm so sorry. I didn't want to do this. Yeah, but I, I it it's just it's too egregious to say that Hines is going to overtake Taylor and to then have him be the literal best fantasy football player. <laughs> That's just so tough. <laughs> Such a binary system. I don't know how to give you shades of gray. Like I don't know how to tell you. Like you're well, have you ever seen one of those those stool color charts? <laughs> yeah. to tell you whether it's healthy or not. Yeah, it's it's is it was a a tell you what it's poo poo but it's like clean no wipe like that's like that's what kind of yeah so Nick what okay. what happens when it's a triple poo poo I just have a question you're asking me you're, yeah, you asking think I don't you. know what happens when it's I triple poo poo it's all brown and you flush it down okay uh, it's what I'm used to you know it's it's a cruel twist of fate that every week that we record this podcast. You and the guests tell me that my opinion is poo-poo, that I'm a stupid man with a bad idea. And then it's proven correct at least 70% of the time. Then <laughs> it's inevitably subsumed by one huge bet on a terrible decision. And my credibility is washed away. And a legacy of genuine pee-pee is just quashed by this fibrous no white dump that Evans described. <laughs> good night and good luck. All right. So that leaves yeah. the final PP or poo poo of our season, at least um, of the regular season, um, which is me. I said that opened up on our draft preview episode saying that not only was Josh's team the worst team, but that when we had previously said that there were three tiers, he was in the fourth tier. This was due to him drafting Patrick Mahomes in the first round. But it turns out when you draft Jonathan Taylor in the second round, it doesn't matter. And you score the most points in the league. Um, but regardless, he didn't make the playoffs. So I'd say it's a little mixed. I uh, During that same episode, I talked about how Austin Eckler was um, a guy that I loved and was targeting and was going to try to get a tra- in a trade and thought was great and was going to have positive touchdown regression over the course of the year. I, during the initial pee pee or poo-poo, maybe it wasn't pee pee or poo-poo, I said uh, Taylor Heineke will, over the course of the year, outscore Baker Mayfield. I responded to uh, Dan Ar- the Dan Arnold su- submission by uh, by Nick, but saying that he, Dan Arnold would be irrelevant compared to Pat Fryermuth, the tight end from the Pittsburgh Steelers. During the second episode, I said, after the initial success of Leonard Fournette as a passing back, I said, Leonard Fournette will never get four or five targets again. Leonard Fournette notably has gotten the most receptions at running back this season um, on his way to being a top 10 running back. I believe I said, Mike Gesicki would be a top five tight end or at least top six. I believe he's the tight end seven currently. And 
I uh, and now at this point I will go to uh, exact quotes. Um, I think Bill Belichick is a bad coach and he can suck my dick. Um, Bill Belichick is a fraud and he always has been. Um, in private, I called him an S word, P word, and I talked about how the Patriots were. <laughs> Evan is doing the math on what S word and P word are. <laughs> and I, uh, I continually uh, moped and groaned about Bill Belichick being a moron throughout the season. That so. is, of course, uh, now coach of the year frontrunner, Bill Belichick. That's correct. Um, folks, all right. So here's what I'll say. I'm going to jump in here. I also uh, said I thought Jalen Waddle was going to be good. That's true. And, you know, for most of your fantasy football takes, a lot of PB in there. Uh, I think a lot of those takes were largely correct. There were, there were a few kind of stumbles here and there, but for the most part, pretty good. But once again, if we're going to punish Nick for the Jonathan Taylor, Nate, Naheem Hines take, we're going to have to punish the Vizier as well for this take, uh, this slander against the coach that has brought his team, of course, six championships and is on the precipice of winning the AFC again. It's an extremely bad take, so much so that for me, it's poop we have to lay down. I, I'm going to have to agree with Alex. I think that, Will, you have so much PP potential and then have a natural pessimism that spreads a lot of poo-poo around your takes. I think that on a more optimistic outlook on life could perhaps put you into the PP category, maybe even like clear hydrated, like drink enough water that day PP. But I think uh, until then, this is a poo-poo one for me, folks. Nick, will you, will you agree? You know, well, it would be easy for me to issue a vindictive, immediate poo-poo. I'm frustrated by the division playoff seating debacle. It could cloud my judgment. But all the same, when you read those takes back, they're largely pee-pee. And can I punish the Belichick hate? I'm not sure that I feel as strongly about it as some other people. I won't name names. But I'm looking at your initial roster and the names I see on here, it's really, it's shocking. Some of the talent that you've dealt away. So I'm going to give you a PP for the year, but I'm going to ask you to look inside yourself and reflect on why you feel the need to channel these correct takes on a conveyor belt through your own roster and out onto other people's. And why I had to give you the mulligan of returning Deontay Johnson like a fool in order to keep your wide receiver rotation intact and give you the plum C that you have now. So will you just reflect on that for me? So you're saying that I lost trades when I won at least two of the three, two of the four trades that I was in? You know what? It's a poo-poo for me. It's all brown. <laughs> We're going to have to flush it down, I think. I like it. It's at home. Nick, during that big, long speech, was actually putting on a Ruth Bader Ginsburg sweatshirt that said dissent across it and then yeah. immediately <laughs> removed it. <laughs> so so it looks like another triple poo-poo. It's all brown. We need to flush it down, which means that all three hosts of this show were got Do not know poo-poos. what they're talking about, which means that all in all, this show, you can uh, flush us down. And that's a great time, of course, for our disclaimer, which we didn't do at the top this time, but we will do now. Uh, Folks, 
if you have been listening to this podcast up to this point, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just throw out we're now going on an hour plus. And if you've managed to stick with us to this bitter end, I would recommend that first off, you abandon whatever device you've been listening on. I would really just set it down in an open field and this let is them... this is if they are not involved in the league. If you're like if you're not involved in this league, set whatever device you have down in an open field. Let the earth and worms and moss overtake it uh, and the slow creep of entropy just break this thing down to particulate matter. And then I would, I would personally seek help. Go, go find somebody, a trusted individual in your life that you care about. Tell them that uh, you know, you've been doing this. And then whatever recommendation that person make, carefully consider it and then ultimately apply it to your own life. Because this is you're in a really dark place and we're reaching out to you now to tell you you can take a step back you can step away from this it doesn't have to be like this i'm personally pleading with you right now take that step put the phone down put whatever device you're listening on to down on the ground just leave it there and go find somebody that you love and care about and be with them you've been listening this whole time You've just been listening to poo-poo takes one after the other after the other, briefly interrupted by a guest appearance here and there, but being sincere and earnest for a moment, you need to stop. Could you imagine if All we right. like, logged off this Zoom call and found like a robust like subreddit operating about all this and like a very detailed wiki that like <laughs> records all the pee-pee-poo-poo scores? Evan, it, I mean, we do have millions of followers. <laughs> yeah, no. That's, I mean, ever since we got on our weekly Bill Simmons appearance, it's been, it's been a little tough, honestly, just living our lives normally. But I, um, we obviously, we appreciate the IAGs and um, we appreciate your support. Please stop. Yagos. Please stop finding my house and posting it on the subreddit. <laughs> you had to send Ari to New Orleans because yeah. she was getting death threats from your female fans. Exactly. It's creepy enough to use the screenshot from Google Earth, but to actually use current photos. Yes. Yeah. Of the Del Taco the, the Del Taco wrapper tumbleweeds that are currently <laughs> rattling through my apartment. Anyway, all right. We have one final item on the agenda that we need to address. We are heading into the playoffs. Playoffs are a big deal. Uh, it will finally take us to a resolution in this league and we'll be able to hopefully blissfully move on from this dark period in our lives in at least a little bit. But uh, before we get into the playoffs, you know, as we head into this first week, folks, I'm going to go around the horn to each one of you. And I would like you to think about who is going to be holding this title at the end. Who has the most powerful brain? I'm going to swing it first to you, our esteemed guest, Evan, who is not in the playoffs, uh, along with myself. Who do you think is going to be winning it all when it's all said and done? Well, blood is thicker than water, and uh, none of you guys have been to fucking med school. I mean, Nick, you've kind of done some medical-ish school, but shut up. Um, I'm going with the big the big-brained boy from uh, my household who I grew up with, who after years of, of bullying and and pushing him down made him stronger. Like pressure onto coal makes a diamond. Oh, pressure onto coal. I didn't even. Wow. Wow. Um, wow. 
Pressure on Nicole Chris created a diamond. Uh, the coal train is taking it to victory. Wow, I, I like it. it. All right. Uh, so I realized that y'all are biased. And so I'm going to swing it to uh, our, our hosts first. The, b- before I swing it to my other hosts who are in the playoffs and are going to be thinking about their own teams as they do this discussion, I would like you to first tell me if your team is not going to be the team hoisting the title at the end, who do you think it would be? I'll swing it to you first, Dark Neck. I really like that qualifier. I would have to say, if Team Dark Neck does not hoist the cup, I think it's probably going to come into the hands of the locomotive, the coal train. I, I just gotta, I gotta say, you know, I think it's going to be him. Mm. But can I say what I think is going to happen? Sure. Now that you have qualified that, that's fine with me. I think not this week. But the next, my team's point total will be higher than the Vizier's team's point total. And whether we face each other is yet to be determined. But his fate, his fate rests in the hands of this week's matchup between me and and Wealthy Mike. A stunning prediction. Neck effectively saying if he wins this week, it's over for the Vizier. That's it's really, over. That's really something. Of course, he will have to win this week, and uh, yeah, we'll who, see can, how that goes. who can say? Um, who can I, say? I don't want to weigh in on that. Doesn't really seem relevant to me. It's time. I've got to buy in the first round, obviously, um, so I don't have to worry about this week. But I think the favorite in the clubhouse, it does have to be Coltrane. He's the number one seed. He's got Josh Allen. He's got those. With those value running backs, he's got Jamar Jefferson or, or Justin Jefferson, who I think is the scariest guy in the entire league. And uh, I think he's uh, I think he's a strong favorite. All right. And that's your prediction regardless. Like you, you that's, I, that's I think that I would obviously like to win. But, you know, just I'm a podcast host, first and foremost, yeah. and a commissioner even before that. And um, and knowing that. Off. I took an oath. Yes. Husband third. Um, and uh, I, um, I think that it will be Coltrane, but always willing for it to be me. We'd be very happy if it was me. All right. And uh, I'll swing this over to me for my prediction, you know, observing as a departed ghost just floating in the ether. What I will say is this. I like the Coltrane's team a lot. I think it's very good. And it's, it makes sense to me that he would be positioned as a favorite heading into this. I do think that there is some limited potential for the Coltrane to not make it out of the next round, particularly if his opponent is one guy's wife. I have liked Ari's team from the beginning. I really like Dalvin Cook. And I think that Diggs is primed for an explosive game at the right time. I think I still have questions about it, but if I am the Coltrane looking up and down this bracket, the team that I fear the most is actually Ari's team based on all of the rosters that I have taken a look at. I like this. Yeah, I, I, I really think that. I, I mm, This is tough. I think if the Coltrane survives matchup with Ari, then ultimately the train will go into the station with the title in hand. But I'm going to heavily qualify it with if Ari wins against uh, Daniel Bleep, this week, I would be concerned if I were the Coltrane. I really would be. 
the wow. path is there for Ari. God, there you have it, folks. Nuts. This is probably this is probably the most tense. I would say the most tense episode of any podcast ever. Yeah. I mean, Rosillo really ratcheted up the tension. Mm-hmm. Dark neck as well. There was a lot going on in there. We've got some yeah, salt. Uh, two eliminated people on the pod just floating around, haunting. It's, it, it was This was a tough one. I'm glad we like, made it through this. I don't know who in this chat has played the game Among Us, but if you know if you die in Among Us, you can just float around as a ghost and not actually do any, maybe complete Man. a couple tasks, but not be in the game. It's even awful sus right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a great episode, in my opinion. Mm. Thank you all for your contributions. Could what I pose the... a final closing question for my other league? I got a big, big question coming yeah, up. Yeah, of course. All right. Big game. I'm coming up. I'm in the same seat that you're in, Nick, where I'm coming up. I'm third seed. Don't think it's a red hot six seed coming up my, my butt. Um, um, my question is, do I play Russell Wilson this week? Or do I start Tua against the Jets with a favorable matchup? Uh, I would love to weigh in on this, Evan, as a current Russell Wilson owner in one league and a Tua owner in another. I'm on the Tua train, baby. I think he's got a great matchup against the Jets, who are a truly limp and miserable team at this time. I think Russell Wilson does not want to be a Seattle Seahawk. And I think there's a chance that he's going to be mailing in for the remainder of this year. So I would go with Tua personally, but that's just me. I think that you have the big play. If you're worried that your roster, I actually think that Russ is the ceiling play and Tua is the floor play. If you think that you can win without a big week from your quarterback, you go Tua. If you need a huge week, you go Russ. You know what I think is... Even if Miles Gaskin gets a touchdown, I think, you know, Miami gets at least three offensive touchdowns against the Jets. And even if Miles Gaskin scores, I think it's going to be on a screen pass or some sort of flat action. And that Tua is going to benefit from that and, that, and possibly have a three touchdown game. Uh, I'm, I have the Miami defense in another league, and I'm starting them with confidence against the Jets. I expect this to be a pretty one-sided affair. So that, that then it also begs the question, will they get up big and start killing clock? And will Tua only have uh, 200 yards passing and one touchdown? I think that is also a possibility. So to me, I actually see Russ as a floor play and a ceiling play, but trending more towards the floor whereas Tua I really I I see this three touchdown game happening and I want to call it but there's also a lot of downside with a a pretty low floor so I position them a little bit differently um, than than Will said but it's it's tough call they're close It, it does also have to be said just one more thing here that Tua actually has something to play for the Dolphins have a slim chance of making the playoffs in the AFC whereas the Seahawks are done they are not going to be making the playoffs period and I do think that's going to matter especially in these later games thanks fellas uh this has been hugely helpful weighing all of what you said against my gut I think Tua is the way to go there you go good luck terrific yeah you just we're just part of the a triple poo poo where we all decided <laughs> that we were all brown and we needed to flush us down. Yeah, and including no, the meta analysis turns out it's all bad, and then we just gave you our most sincere thoughts possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, take that, take that for what you will, uh, Evan. We will need an update as to how this goes. Yeah, fellas, thank you. 
you've made my night a little better, despite the fact that now I will go into a full-blown panic attack and search um, New Orleans news on Twitter. Um, <laughs> Stay strong, buddy. going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It is. It is, you know, it's going to be fine because here's the thing, fellas. It's actually good. It is actually. It good. is when actually good. good. Actually good. All right. Yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Always fun. Always, Always fun. fun.